You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Astro Backyard Podcast. My name is Steve. With me as always is... Trevor from astrobackyard.com. That's right. Oh, I should say who I'm from. I'm from Ontario Telescope and Accessories. Thank you once again for joining us. It's been a little while since our last uh, episode, but uh, there's been so much happening and yeah. uh, we've been busy. Uh, Trevor, we went to Neef. We did. We went to Neef and we, we met a lot of kind folks and uh, man, we were, it was a whirlwind. It was, it was probably one of the funnest two days I've had in a while. Yeah, so if if uh, if you, you haven't been to Neef, um, I recommend it to anyone who's in, into the hobby uh, to to check it out at least once. It is like the epicenter uh, for the hobby globally, and all the big names are there. Um, not just manufacturers. There's some fantastic talks as well that take place for um, uh, you know industry experts. Um, are there to share and, and, and really makes it a good experience. Uh, you know, the, my one takeaway is, uh, um, how often Trevor was stopped. <laughs> we, we didn't even get into the building yet. And, and that was like what, four or five times. And <laughs> when we, like when we got out of the car and someone stopped me when we first got there, I was like, Oh no, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was quite cool, but you know, yeah, I, no, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It, it's nice to see the, uh, see the overall response. So it's, um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a cool experience for, for yourself. Um, I just have yeah, a radio, I just yeah. have a radio voice and I know it's not the greatest. So nobody knows what I, what I really look like. Well, um, you were you were shaking hands with a lot of people. You, you were uh, a well-known guy there as well. I, I paid them. When they were <laughs> okay, that's why I see. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So it was an experience for sure. And uh, like I said, if you have a chance to go, go. Uh, we got to meet up with some really cool um, people over there. Uh, some legends in the industry. Uh, Scott Roberts. We hung out with him for a bit. Mm-hmm. And we did some video work with him. Um, I'm sure most of you probably saw it on Facebook. Uh, Greg Bragg from Explore Scientific. Uh, you met some people as well. We hung out at the ZWO booth and QHY. Um, yeah. uh, Ioptron, Skywatcher. We were there and and uh, meeting yeah, with, Los- with everyone. Osmondy too. Osmondy, yes. Osmondy. Yeah. Can't forget that. That was that was an interesting conversation. That we had we talked until two in the morning. Two in actually. the morning. Yep. <laughs> so, it, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of sleep on that trip. But uh, like Steve mentioned, there was just some really amazing people, and some some really talented astrophotographers there as well. Yeah. Uh, Ter- Terry Hancock was there. Um, uh, Ron Breacher was there. Trevor um, Jones was there. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Lecky Hepburn was there. So some some people I've been following for a while. Uh, in the imaging world, where there it was really nice to to chat with them. Yeah, did you take a look at that that massive Dobsonian? The thirty inch. Yeah, thirty or thirty two inch. There was a like a lineup to go look at it, so I kind of just stood back and uh. Yeah, you didn't have to get too close to see it though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was it was huge. It looks like you needed a, um, like a complete ladder system just to look through the eyepiece. Yeah, you would. Yeah. You know what? It would be so worth it though. Oh yeah, I'd climb sure. the ladder to look through that puppy any day. Yep, and then you try to figure out how to put a camera on it. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, there's at that point that would be such a waste. You just you sit back and enjoy the view. Yep. At that point. Yep. So it was it was a good trip overall. We were there for a couple of days. Made some um, uh, good contacts, and I think we made some friends. Um, there was those gentlemen for, gentlemen from Japan. We went out for dinner with. Uh, Saturday Explore scientific night. dealers. Yeah. 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 I I have their card, and I don't remember their name. But they were they really, were really awesome. cool. Yeah, they were such good sports, eh? Their yep. like their English obviously wasn't wasn't the greatest, uh, but man, they we all hit it off and had a great time at uh, the restaurant. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't think I've had so much to drink in my in a long time. <laughs> that was the overarching theme of the trip. It seemed that we always would congregate around a bar of some sort. Yep, and and spend way too much money on whiskey. Well. That's neat for you. Yes, it is. So, anyways, if, if you get a chance to go, go. Um, it it is definitely worth it. There's some gr- there are some great deals there as well. If you want to do some shopping, at Neef, uh, you know the big dealers are there. Uh, you know, oh, you know who I saw? I didn't oh. get a chance to talk with him. I saw Al Nagler. Right. Yes, I saw him there. Yep. That, he was uh, he was busy. A lot of people wanted to wanted a, a moment with him. Understandable. Yeah, understandable mm-hmm. for sure. So that that was pretty uh, that was pretty cool. So yeah, that was that's Neef. Um, you know, if anyone has any specific questions, feel free to hit us up. Um, but it was it was good, and I look forward to next year. That was my fourth time going to to Neef, and uh, uh, the first time I actually had a full two days in. Okay, I'd probably use that a third. Will... Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know I've never been so sad as, as looking at the clock on the Sunday and it being like three o'clock. I'm like, well, I guess we're leaving now. Like there's still, there's so much, I felt like there's still so much to do. Yep. Yep. So anyways, um, you know, moving on because Neef is in the past and there's always next year. There's, uh, some cool stuff happening now. And there is. And, it's a know, great time of year for for astrophotography. The weather is finally better, at least where we are. Oh, so if you, what a difference, eh? Like we had snow two weeks ago, yeah, and now we're in shorts and t-shirt. Yeah, it's just like it just clipped over. So, so if you if you live one of those places where it's like perfect weather like all the time, I'm not very happy with you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can appreciate how happy we are to finally have some good weather. Uh, where we are i finished off i was finishing off most of my observatory yesterday so that was a, a plus for me um and hopefully by the weekend i'll have it up and uh up and running yeah this weekend man that's really exciting yeah yeah and break it open that bottle of whiskey chris whiskey it. again oh it's always it's always about the whiskey okay um it's a focusing aid right sure. okay yeah. i thought it is it's more of a defocusing aid i would think well, I don't know. Some of my shots might work out better than <laughs> the focusing aid. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, there's this is a, a good time to get some some uh, objects in while they still are there. Uh, we were talking before offline, Trevor, and you had a list of stuff around the Big Dipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got yes. what? Well, you 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 list them off. You had them. Yeah, so good. it's this time of year. It's like it's still a little bit too early for the the Milky Way stuff. Um, in the southern Milky Way and uh, even in Cygnus, although it is rising by about two in the morning, it's still a little bit early to start hopping onto that stuff. So uh, it's still galaxy season. And right now through Mar- um, 
April and May, I like to do the, the objects that are around the Big Dipper in the uh, northern part of the sky. So some of the galaxies there, like uh, M101, the Pinwheel Galaxy, M51, the Whirlpool, uh, M81, M82, which I you know, I shot a video about last month. And then uh, what was the other one I mentioned that was out there? Uh, M106. Um, 106, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a bit of a different direction. Yeah. But, uh, oh, uh, oh M, did you say M51? I did. Okay, M101, M8182, M51, Sunflower is what I wrote down. Okay, that, yeah. That's in a different direction. Mercurian's Chain, one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's uh, still a good time to get it. Also, uh, the Sombrero is a good one yes. to shoot right now, yep. and the Black Eye Galaxy. Um, M3 is a great cluster to shoot right now. Uh, and then M13 um, is, is you're just, just about able to start imaging that too. Yep. Uh, the Iris. Iris. Yeah. That's such a beautiful object. And again, this is another one we were talking about off air. Yeah. That the thing to remember about this one is that it's a reflection nebula. So it's just, um, the kind of the gas and dust reflecting off a bright star. Um, so it doesn't actually have any emission nebulosity in there. So um, having it doesn't matter if you have a modified camera um, to pick up that. And also narrow band filters aren't going to help you with this one just because it's pure, you know, white light. Yeah. So we're looking at one shot color uh, DSLR, like you mentioned, or um, a mono camera with LRGB filtering. That's right. And actually, it's a wide field uh, telescope with focal length is is great to use because that dust really uh, expands far around the the central object. Like there's obviously the iris is that that really bright spot in the middle, but there's there's dark dust uh, on all sides of it. So a wide field of view is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. The, uh, you know, talking about filtering, if if you're in a a city area, a quality light pollution filter is going to be a must for any imaging. So in this case where, where it, it is a white light object and you're going to be using one shot color, you want to make sure you have the appropriate filter in place for it. So, uh, you know, Trevor, you've been using the moon and sky glow filter. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, um, UH, a UHC filter will probably do really good, but they're usually a little bit more aggressive. Um, in, in the light an LPS. That, in, than an LPS because for the light that they let through, um, right. unless you have a really sensitive camera, uh, but you might have some trouble with an, uh, UHC filter or, um, you know, a good quality LPS filter. We, we've, we've mentioned in the past, uh, the D2 filter, if you've got the, any LED street lighting around to help suppress that LED lighting. Uh, and if you have a DSLR, then a, a clip and filter will, will do for you. It's all you would need. So just yeah. things to keep in mind. I, I've had really great success with the, the Skytech CLS CCD filter. Uh, and, and to be honest, I've mostly used that on uh, emission nebula objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently I've also shot um, the Pinwheel Galaxy uh, with the Bader Moon and Skyglow filter, which has also been uh, great. It's, it blocks out a lot of the uh, light pollution. Uh, and it retains a lot of that a respectable amount of the natural star color. It is with all of these filters the, the images do come out with a bit of a red cast. So uh, it needs to be adjusted in post-processing, but I'm really anxious to see what the, the IDIS LPS D2 filter 
does uh, in terms of retaining natural star colors. That sounds um, like that sounds like a hint. That's a hint. I'm dropping a hard hint right now, Steve. I need I need that filter. <laughs> so, but hey, it's your fault, man. You've been talking it up for the last two I months. I know. I know. I haven't even used one. I know. I'm just Everyone trying to else. get you trying to get you excited about it. Okay, it worked. Good. Good. Because I've got that's the that's the lighting I'm dealing with is uh, the LED lights. So, um, and I should be able to do a direct comparison to some of the ones like the, the Moon and Sky Glow and the CLS CCD. Yeah, the nice thing with the D2 filter is that it helps maintain a lot of the blue um, band, if you will. Yeah. Right, the blue mm -hmm. data. Right, so it doesn't start shifting red. So hopefully that'll help with the uh, post processing uh, to make things a little easier to post process. Yeah, um, that's that's the big one. The keeping the blues seems to be the hardest the hardest thing to do from the city. Yeah, the the one thing that's what as we're talking about filters, the one thing to keep in mind, um, especially if you have a mono camera or if you have a um, modified camera, um, a lot of the uh, light pollution filters will block out the sodium two line. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing any narrow band imaging. Um, or you have a modified camera, um, check to make check the uh, the spectrograph for it, and mm -hmm. and make sure that you're not limiting yourself by blocking out that uh, S2 data. Uh, there, and there's other filters that can be used instead, um, uh, so that you can collect that data in. Because the last thing you want to do is be if you're doing mono imaging, mm -hmm. and you have an S2 filter on. Mm -hmm. And everything's blocked out. Yeah. So it doesn't really give you the exact results that you want. So just something to keep in mind. You want to make sure that you check out that spectral band for your uh, for the filter that you plan to use, and make sure that it's compatible with the imaging camera that you're using that night. Um, and, and that's then, right. Yeah. And then, all right, it's like it's like anything else. Really, you want to make sure it's all going to work together. Right. Just another piece of the puzzle. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm really seeing that as I hop from camera to camera and filter to filter. It's uh there's it's quite the learning experience as I go um cuz you really don't know there's so many variables to test and it all of course depends on on your light conditions from from your backyard as well. So, yeah, but eventually you'll get there and uh hopefully uh with me sharing uh, my experiences from a red zone, it uh, kind of gives you a better idea of what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we love you, Trevor. Oh, thank you. That, is that why everybody said hi to me? Well, sure. <laughs> I, actually, I think it was Rudy. I I was so happy to hear that, people asking about Rudy. And I, I came home and I told him, I'm like, you're famous, buddy. He just wagged his tail. He understood. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's great. Uh, get me a treat. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Did you say food? Yeah. <laughs> uh, dogs are great that way. Um, and my dog, he can't hear anymore, but you just have to, you know, open up the fridge door. Yeah. And he's right there. Yeah. The cold draft on the floor. He knows yeah. that's the sign. Yeah. Oh, God. Gotta love dogs. So, um, any other great objects we should, we should mention before, uh, before signing off? I would really focus my efforts, uh, on those galaxies I mentioned. They're just like you really can't soak in enough time on M101 or M51. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm just dedicating all my time before we switch. We we come out of Galaxy season and and into the summer targets. Um. Yeah, like M101. I'm about my latest image has four and a half hours worth of data in it, but it was still kind of a bright moon in there. So I'm thinking I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay on M101 until until probably the beginning of June and just get as much time on it as I can. Cool. You know, yeah. the, the Sombrero Galaxy is one that I forgot about. and uh, It's a nice one. It's just it's nice it's pretty small. It is small. It's far out. It's really far it's out far there. Out. It's, it's groovy. It is. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you weren't even born in the 70s. I'm not sure you're allowed to say that word. No, but I watched that 70s show. Okay, that counts. Um, <laughs> if, if anyone has a really big scope like a 16 inch RC mm -hmm. you'd probably do really good oh yeah yeah um if anybody wants to buy one Ioprone just came out with them a 16 inch yeah, yeah. they had the 14 inch there at Neef I was uh pleasantly surprised with my experiences with the RC6 man like I I had my guard up saying that, uh, I think I, I mentioned all this in the video, but, uh, refractors are just so straightforward and easy to use. Yeah. And this, this RC was, uh, kind of the same thing. It was, I almost felt like, is it really this easy? Like crisp, sharp stars. And, uh, it was very straightforward to use, very reliable. You know, you know, what's nice about an RC, right? Especially with the RC six, cause it, it is straightforward and reliable. They can be a, a little bit more tedious to collimate if you needed to. Um, mm -hmm. but the, the, it's got a flat field and, and it, it six inch of aperture. Yeah. That's some serious aperture. There's no yeah. chromatic aberration for no coma. So no extra, you know, $300 coma corrector. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, you now, get the, you that can like light bucket, uh, aperture like you would get in the Newtonian without a lot of the extra hassle. Right. And the nice thing about the RC compared to an SCT you mm -hmm. don't have that, you don't have mirror flop, right? Because you're right, not moving the mirror. It's a fixed primary. It's yeah, a, right. yeah, it's a fixed primary, and you're moving um, an actual focuser. And uh, you just have to put the the rings on it to get your focus. And once you have that uh, figured out, then away you go. And if you wanted, you could put a reducer on it. There's dedicated reducers for RCs to maintain okay. the flat field. I see. So... What is it? It's a uh, 1300 focal length? 1370. 1370. Right? So you can bring it down to 917 millimeters, right? Which is the equivalent to you know, like a 130 millimeter refractor at f7.5. Yep, that's the 915 right. is the uh, William Optics at 132. So, yeah, so yeah, right there. So you're at six inch, right? With a flat field. And. Um, at that at that uh, focal length, you know, you, so you have a lot of versatility with it. Uh, so you know, if you're considering an, uh, another scope, you know, take a look at an RC. They they have a little bit of weight to them, so you have to make sure that your imaging system, your mount, can handle it. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, 18 pounds. Yeah, about that, about 18 pounds. Um, but yeah, six, six inch aperture for 500 bucks, 400 dollars if you're in the U.S. How do you go wrong? Yeah, it's worth worth looking into for sure. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's a good, they're a good scope. I used to have one and I sold it uh, begrudgingly. I wish I had it back. 
Um, but I know a guy who I can get a good deal on one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I have to do that. But um, cool. Yeah. So I'm, I look forward to seeing more on that and anything else you've got hiding in your in your backyard garage, Trevor. I think we're both just really in such better moods now that the weather's turned. And it's going to be a busy spring and a busy summer uh, because, you know, we get those stretches of two to three clear nights in a row now, which is unheard of over the winter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so. So, I'm so happy that the clouds aren't even bothering me. Right. It's because, yeah, you, you know there's a, <laughs> another clear sky on the way. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I said to my wife yesterday, I'm like, I, I'll sleep in the fall because I'm just I'm not going to be getting much sleep over the next, you know, three, four months. <laughs> But that's okay because that's okay. I slept enough for the winter for uh, to keep me going all year. Yep. The bear that you are, you're hibernated. Yep. I can. I can, my reserves are uh, full. So very cool. Well, everybody, clear skies. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends, um, and uh, you know, post your pictures on the Facebook page. Love seeing them. If you have any questions, hit us up on uh, the Facebook page as well. And until then, clear skies. Yes, clear skies, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us, and I'm, I'm glad you're uh, following along. <laughs>